I've titled today's message in this brand new series of Church Hurt. The title is, The Church Hurt Me, Now What? The Church Hurt Me, Now What? I want us to begin this very crucial series by looking at a definition of church hurt. Church hurt is the pain inflicted by a religious institution or the people within a religious institution. The, the pain inflicted by the decisions or actions of a religious institution or by the people within a religious institution has hurt many people. I, I just want to begin this series by saying church hurt is real. I, I've personally experienced it. I gave my life to Jesus at a football locker room at the age of 17 in Wewoka, Oklahoma. Shortly after that, I started preaching. My youth pastor gave me an opportunity to preach to the students in the basement of the church there in our youth ministry. And I, I preached my first message and started preaching uh, frequently after that as the Lord opened up doors. And there were some men in the community at a local church, about two or three men, one day showed up at my house from a different church that I was attending. I wasn't attending this particular church. And they knocked on the door of my home and said they wanted to talk to me. And they came in my living room and they told this teenage boy that I was going to hell and that I was sending people to hell with my preaching because I was preaching that salvation came through Jesus Christ alone. And they were saying, no, it's Jesus Christ plus some works. And so we disagreed. But can I tell you, those men never came by my house when I was lost. They never came by my house when I wasn't serving God and I was sexually abused and I was messing around with girls and I was screaming at my football coach and losing my mind. They, they, never, they never talked to me about the gospel, but as soon as I gave my life to Jesus Christ, men came to my house and told me I was going to hell. I'm talking about church hurt. You're talking about a young teenage boy who's confused and disillusioned. Some grown man would show up and tell him he's going to hell. I started preaching the gospel and continued to preach and went on to college and got a biblical studies degree, a minor in psychology, and graduated in 1997 in May. And Tiffany and I got married in December of 1997. I started traveling full-time across America and, and the world. And, and there was a particular church that I was going to in the state of Oklahoma years ago when we first started out traveling. And, and the church informed me that you ought not bring your wife because we don't know that our church will respond very favorably to an interracial marriage. The church, don't, don't bring my wife. You're talking about messing with a young evangelist's mind and my marriage and gun shy and, and scared and hurt. Church hurt is real and I was hurt and I was angry. And I was confused. And many of you can relate to what I'm saying. Because every year, there are around 2.7 million people who leave their local church. And many of them leave over church hurt. Church, church that's a lot of people. Church hurt is a real 
issue. Sometimes the church hurt is unintentional. The, the church never set out to hurt people, but, but maybe a decision was made and people were hurt or there was some type of misunderstanding or an expectation someone had that the church was going to meet all of their needs or, or they, they wanted a particular leadership role in the church and it never came to fruition or, 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 or maybe people got hurt because they were serving in a particular ministry in a church and, and they felt like the church was taking advantage of them. They were, they were getting burned out or or someone said something hurtful to them it was unintentional but it was but it hurt it hurt them or or they expected the church to pay their bills or or to meet all their needs or or to be there for them in their darkest hour and for whatever the reason the church wasn't there for them or maybe the church missed an important moment in their life and they were hurt it was unintentional and yet there are some times that hurt is intentional. Church hurt wasn't unintentional. The church or the group of people meant to hurt you. And some of you have experienced this before. Maybe someone at church was gossiping about you or people were being hypocrites or there was spiritual abuse in the church or someone started telling your business to other people in the church or a pastor stole money or had an affair or there was sexual abuse in the church or a group of people caused division in the church. Church folk fighting, nothing like a good church fight. Church politics. And whether the church hurt happened intentionally or unintentionally, it still hurt. It still cuts deep because the church is supposed to be a place of healing, not hurt, a place of safety, not savagery, a place of purpose, not pain, a place of hope, not hate, a place of grace, not gossip, a place of worship, not wounds. And I think it's very important at the onset of this series for all of us to understand that church hurt is not anything new. It's all throughout the Bible. Even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ experienced church hurt. I'm a Bible preacher, so let's look at what the Bible says. Just a, a few examples of, of church hurt. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, Jesus entered the temple course and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. In God's house, people were showing up there at the temple. And they were literally stealing from other people. They were taking advantage of others. And not only did it hurt them, but, but it hurt Jesus. It hurt Jesus so much that he walked into the temple. He started turning over ta tables. He was angry. He was upset. Church hurt is not anything new. The early church attenders experienced Church hurt. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, in those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And the church was supposed to be taking care of these widows, but we're not. 
And I don't know that it was intentional, but nonetheless, the widows were hurt. They were, they were disappointed. They thought the disciples were playing favorites. Church hurt is real. The apostle Paul had to address church hurt. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 through 4 says, You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you in the church, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? You're arguing over leaders. There's jealousy and quarreling in the church. And, and James addresses the same type of church hurt amongst the Jewish Christians. And we see this in James chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you do not have, so you scheme and kill to get it? You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them? Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And oftentimes, that's where we focus in. You don't have because you don't ask God. But what I want you to notice is that the church had jealousy and fighting and waging war and scheming against one another and trying to kill each other. Craziness. All happening in the church. And people are being hurt and wounded. Church hurt is not a new issue. It's all throughout your Bible. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse number 1 says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even the pagans, even lost folks do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into, the, into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? And there was sexual sin running rampant in the church at Corinth. And one particular man was sleeping with his stepmother, his father's wife. And the Bible says the church was proud of it. And people in the church were being hurt. And young Christians were being hurt and disillusioned by what was taking place in the church. Church hurt's not new. And I want you to understand that the Apostle Paul did not just address church, church hurt, but the Apostle Paul himself experienced church hurt on a personal level. I want us to look at this as 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Matter of fact, Today, I want to teach out of 2 Timothy chapter number 4 today. If you have your Bible, you can just turn there. 2 Timothy chapter 4, picking up in verse number 9, it says, Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me, Paul says, and has gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Pa Paul goes on to say this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. He says, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. Scholars believe he was in the church or a part of the church at one point. He says the Lord will repay him for what he has done. You two should be on guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my, at my first defense, no one, Paul says, came to my support. But everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. Paul experienced church hurt. Demas deserted me. Alexander did a lot of harm to Paul, he says. And at the very time of Paul's greatest need, he was hurting. He's in pain. He says, no one came to support me. No one came to comfort me. Everyone deserted the apostle Paul. And Paul experienced church hurt. 
What do you do when you've been hurt by the church? How should you respond when you're dealing with church hurt? I want to talk about that today and over the next several weeks. Here's what I know that's going to happen. God's going to heal some hearts. God's going to minister deeply. Don't miss a week of this series. So many people are hurting, have been hurt by church. Please, please, please get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, get people here that have been hurting. They're hurt by church. They're disillusioned. Get people to church. I believe God's going to bring healing to so many hearts through this series. And what I want to do today is I want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I want us to learn what Paul did when he experienced church hurt. I want us to learn some principles to overcoming church hurt, and I believe they're going to help our lives today. And the first principle that Paul teaches us to overcoming church hurt is acknowledge the hurt. Acknowledge the hurt. When you experience church hurt, it's just important that you acknowledge it. Don't pretend like you're not hurt. Don't act tough on the outside when you're dying on the inside. Be real. Acknowledge it. It wounded you. It disappointed you. It hurt you. What, what, what Paul teaches us is be honest about church hurt. Paul said, Demas deserted me. Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. He said no one. He just is he's acknowledging no one came to my defense. No one helped me. And it's super important that you find a small group of people that love the Lord, not to bash others, not, not to t- cause dissension or division, but, but just to be able to articulate, I'm hurting. Here, here, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm, I'm going through. You've got to be honest about your pain. You've got to acknowledge acknowledge the hurt that you've experienced. And I I realize as some of you process church hurt, as you process some of your experiences, you may be thinking it's people's church who has hurt you. And let me say this. Tiffany and I started people's church 19 years ago, and we've never intentionally tried to hurt anybody. And yet I know that Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have come through our doors over the last, like, 19 years. And thousands of people call People's Church their church home today. And Tiffany and I, we've, we've tried to do our best, tried to never intentionally hurt anybody. We've never embezzled money. We've never had an affair. We've, we've never abused anybody. And yet I know that throughout 19 years, People's Church has hurt some people. I know we've made some decisions unintentionally that has hurt some people. I I know that we've made some mistakes. We haven't always gotten it right. I'm not a perfect leader. I I know that we've had some people do some sinful and stupid things over the years. I I I realize that our our small groups and and our, and our staff and our church, we try our best to minister to every person in their time of need. But I know at times we've fallen short. And here's what I want to say to you. You're watching me online. You're watching later this week. You're in the building right now. And people's churches hurt you. I'm sorry. It, it breaks my heart. It, it hurts me. And I'm sorry that our church 
has hurt you in any way. And some of you would say, well, it wasn't people's church. It was another church. And I want to say this. If another church has hurt you, disappointed you, abused you, wounded you, they may never say they're sorry. The chances aren't very high. But on, on behalf of the church, on behalf of pastors that have hurt you, I just want to say this. I'm sorry that the church has hurt you and let you down. And I believe with all of my heart, if you'll lean in in this series, that Jesus Christ is going to heal your heart and renew your faith. He's going to heal your heart and renew your faith. That's what this series is all about, healing hearts and renewing faith. I want you to see a second principle. First, acknowledge your hurt. Number two is this, be confident that the Lord will deal with those who hurt you. Be confident that the Lord will deal with those who hurt you. When you're hurting, don't hurt others. If you will give the people who hurt you over to God, God will deal with those who hurt you. Give them to God. That's exactly what Paul did in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord, not me, giving him to the Lord. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. Paul knew a secret to overcoming church hurt was to turn the people over to God. Don't try to get even. Don't try to take matters into your own hands and retaliate. Give them to God and let God fight for you. Paul said, the Lord will repay him. He says the same thing in the book of Romans, Romans 12 and verse 19. He says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room. Everybody shout, leave room. Come on, somebody online, just type leave room. Just type those two words, leave room. It's so key because a lot of people don't leave room. A lot of people fill the space. And the scripture says when somebody has hurt you, leave room. Don't fill the space. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. If you take matters into your own hands, you haven't left room for God to work. You've decided to work instead of allowing God to work. When you've been hurt, don't fill the space. Give the people over to God and let God fight your battle for you. Let God repay them. You leave room for God's wrath. And that's exactly what the apostle Paul did. You've got to be confident that if you'll give them to God, that God will deal with those who hurt you. Number three is this. There's a third principle I want us to see, and that is don't confuse God's people with God. When people get hurt by God's people, they can start believing that God is just like his people. And unfortunately, the church doesn't always look like the Christ. Church people will hurt you, but God will never hurt you. Church people will lack integrity, but God will never lack integrity. Church people will act unholy, but God will never act unholy. He's always holy. If you're hurting today, you've been wounded by the church, it's so important you hear this. Don't confuse God's people with God. Gandhi said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. 
And sometimes that's true about the church. And Paul did not allow the pain of the church people to cause him to stop trusting the Lord. I want you to see this. Paul continued to trust the Lord through the pain, through the disappointment, through the hurt. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17 says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. I love this. Paul continued to trust in the Lord in spite of church people hurting him. He says, so that through, my, through me, the, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. How? The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, don't allow church people to cause you to stop trusting in a great God. Don't allow church people that, that have hurt you to stop you from leaning into God. If you will trust God, God will stand by your side. If you will trust God in spite of what church people did, the Lord will strengthen you. If you will trust God in the middle of the pain, the Lord will rescue you from every evil attack. God will help you in the midst of the pain. Do not confuse God's people with God. Number four is this. There's a fourth principle that Paul teaches us here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and that is do not give up on all people because of some people. Do not give up on all people because of some people. This is so huge. Paul did not allow some people to cause him to give up on all people. Here's what Paul knew. Paul knew in spite of people hurting him, he still needed the church. In spite of people hurting him, he still needed God's people. And here's what Paul says there in 2 Timothy chapter 4 as he's writing to Timothy. In verse 9, he says, do your best to come to me quickly. I love that. I love that. Paul tells Timothy, come quickly. Yes, people have hurt me. They've disappointed me. They deserted me. But I still need you to come quickly. He said, listen, Demas has deserted me. Alexander, Alexander the metal worker, has done me a great deal of harm. But I still need you. Timothy, I need your help. Come quickly. I still need people. He goes on to say in verse number 11 in 2 Timothy chapter 4, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with me. B bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Paul said people have deserted me and hurt me, but I haven't given up on people. Bring Mark to me. He can help me. He's useful to me. Listen, here's what Paul knew. It's people who bring hurt, but it's also people who bring healing and help. It's people who bring hurt, but it's also people who bring healing and help. So, Timothy, come as quickly as possible. They hurt me, but come as quickly. I'm not going to run away from people. Listen, sit, bring, bring Mark. Bring Mark as soon as possible. He's helpful to me in my ministry. Bring, I, they've hurt me. They've deserted me. But, I have, yes, some people have, but I haven't given up on all people. Bring them to me. I, that, that's how I'm going to find my help. That's how I'm going to find my strength. I, I want some people around me that's going to help me through this situation. Can I tell you, that's why small groups are so important. I'm telling you, it's so important. Some of you are hurting and you're, you're struggling and you're isolated because you've been hurt by people. And so now you've given up on all people. Don't do that. It's easy, but don't do that. 
It's not always easy to trust people, but you got to lean in and trust some people. When we launch small groups on September the 12th, find a small group of people to get connected to. And I'm telling you, God will use people that will bring help and healing to your life. And God wants about 50 of you today. We've got a lot of small group leaders. But about 50 of you are not leading a small group. And God wants to use your life to help bring healing and help to others. Would you be a small group leader? Say, Pastor, look at me. I'm not qualified. to Look, look at my insecurities. I, there's no way. No, no. God wants to use you. There are people that are hurting, and God wants to use you to bring help and healing. It's easy to lead a small group. It's easy to be used by the Lord. You just got to make yourself available. We want to train you. It's a simple easy small group training beginning beginning August 22nd at all of our locations. We're going to have small group training after every service, the la after the last service starting August 22nd, August 29th, September the 5th, September the 12th, September the 19th. Listen, just come to a training and God wants to use your life to bring help and healing. And let me say this, some of you are new to church. You're giving church a try again. You've been out of church for years and or you've heard so much about church and you're kind of skeptical, skeptical of church. You just kind of sit back. You never get really plugged in because I don't know about church and I've been hurt. I've been wounded. Would you give church a try again? Listen, on August the 29th, we're going to have a newcomer's reception. And I want you here. Right after the last service, all of you that are new since June of this year. I have to say June because some of you are like, I've been coming for four years and I'm new. You're not new anymore, all right? You're not new, so don't come to the lunch. But if you've been coming since June, Maybe this is your first week here and you're like, ah, I came for church hurt, but I'm skeptical. Would you give church a try again? Don't give up on all people because of some people. Give God, give church a try. Number five is this. Number five is this is a fifth principle that Paul teaches us here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And that is don't forfeit your purpose because of the pain. Don't forfeit your purpose because of the pain. Paul didn't allow the pain to cause him to forfeit his purpose. Paul doesn't stop pain. Listen, doesn't stop your purpose. And Paul, he just shows us this. Listen, pain won't stop your purpose, but the wrong reaction to pain will. And so you got to really respond in the right way to pain and learn to forgive people. I want you to see this about Paul. He did not allow the pain to detour him from his purpose. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17, he says, but the Lord stood at my side, and I love this, gave me strength. I wanted to hurt some folks, but he gave me strength. I wanted to quit, but he gave me strength. I wanted to get even, but he gave me strength. I wanted to hold a grudge against him, but he gave me, he gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully. Now, he talks about purpose, 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 so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed. And all the Gentiles might hear it. Paul said, pain won't stop my purpose. I'm going to keep preaching the love of God to the Gentiles in spite of what some church folk have done to me. And he says, I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Paul fought the good fight of faith, and he finished his purpose because he did not allow pain to detour him from his purpose. And here's what Paul did. Paul lived a life of forgiveness. Somebody needs to write that down in your notes. He lived a life of forgiveness. Here's what the apostle Paul wrote to the church at Colossians in chapter 3 and verse 13. He says, make allowance for each other's faults. We need to do that. He said, I just make allowances. I, I know folks are going to hurt me. 
I know folks can be silly sometimes. You got to just make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive, notice this, anyone. Whew. Yeah, Demas and Alexander, those that deserted me, forgive anyone, everybody who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Paul forgave everybody who hurt him. He did not allow the pain to stop God's purpose. Listen, church, pain can't stop God's purpose, but a wrong reaction to pain can stop it. Unforgiveness can stop it. Bitterness will stop it. Hate will stop it. Getting even will stop it. People can't stop your purpose, but you can. And you gotta have the right Reaction to pain, or it can stop God's purpose for your life. And Hebrews says in chapter 12 and verse 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. How do people fail to receive the grace of God? How do people fail to receive the favor of God? How do people fail to receive the purpose and plans that God has for their lives? Here's the answer. Here's the answer. He goes on to say, watch out. And a lot of people don't watch out. He says, you got to be watching out that no poisonous root of bitterness gets on the inside of you because of what people have done. And then it starts to grow up to trouble you and to corrupt many, corrupting many. And in life, church, you're going to have opportunity after opportunity to let a poisonous, bitter root grow in your heart because people are going to hurt you and disappoint you. You're going to have a lot of opportunity to stay angry and to stay mad at people because people are going to disappoint you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to let you down. You must forgive those who have hurt you. Hear your pastor right now. I know forgiveness is not easy. Matter of fact, I think it's one of the most difficult and challenging things to do as a Christian to forgive those who hurt you. And I've been hurt so bad at times by church people. Angry. I'd have to get up on Monday and forgive them on Monday. And then on Tuesday, I'd get up again and do it again. And Wednesday, I'm still mad. And I got to forgive again. Thursday, I'm just playing it over in my mind what they did and I'm getting a little bitter and I got to ask for forgiveness again. Lord, help me forgive. A month goes by, and I still got to just keep praying just every day, God, help me to forgive. Two months have been by, and I'm still asking, Lord, help me to forgive them. Help me to forgive them. Help me, Lord, I give them to you. Help me to forgive them. And I've had seasons that it was months of every day asking God to help me to forgive a person who hurt me. But as I just kept giving it to the Lord, as I just kept calling out to God, God touched my heart. He ministered to my heart. He mended my heart. He healed my heart. It wasn't overnight. It was daily. It was living a life of forgiveness. But I was determined I'm not going to let pain steal my purpose. I'm going to give this to God. I will forgive. God, you will help me. You will heal my heart. And today, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But somebody has to make up your mind that today I'm forgiving. And then tomorrow, you might have to forgive again. And then Tuesday, you might have to forgive again. 
And next week, you might have to forgive again. And the week after, you might have to forgive again. But don't let pain stop your purpose. Pain will not stop your purpose. It's the reaction to pain that will stop your purpose. Forgive the person who's hurt you. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for speaking. I thank you that right now surgery is happening. Lord, hurt is so real and people are hurting across all locations. And The preaching has brought up memories and pain and disappointment. And Lord, I thank you for healing today. I thank you for renewing faith. I thank you for touching hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit, doing what only you can. In Jesus' name, I pray. As eyes are closed and heads are bowed at all the locations today and you, you're here and you're far from God, you're not living for Jesus, you're not serving God today. Today, I want to encourage you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior and to ask him to forgive you of all of your sins. Today is the day. Some of you today, you, you gave your life to Jesus weeks ago, months ago, years ago. But you've been drifting away from God. People have hurt you. They've disappointed you. You've been confusing God with God's people. And you're starting to wonder if God is really trustworthy. And you've been discombobulated. And I'm telling you today, God is holy. He's loved you. He's, he's for you. He wants to forgive you today. He's gracious. He's a good God. And today you need to come back home and begin to trust Jesus and recommit your life to him and begin to follow him. If that's you, as I count to three, you want to give your life to Jesus or you want to recommit your life to the Lord, would you raise your hand high as I count to three? And I want to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. That's it. Just slip it high. Thank you so much. I see your hand. I see your hand there. Others, thank you so much. Come on, Midwest City, Northwest. Come on, Indianapolis. The ladies at Mabel Bassett, just slip your hand up high. Those online right now, just click that raise the, your hand button on church online. Lift your hand right now. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer to say yes to Jesus Christ. Have your sins forgiven today. Pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, I turn away from sin and I turn my life over to Jesus Christ. I believe he's the son of God, that he died on the cross, that he rose again on the third day. And today I confess Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.